This is my This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to the Comeback. I'm so excited to finish this sequel that I don't think we really planned on whenever we started, but just reflecting on Clay's story and you know watching him walk through this to be able to hear it through his eyes and his battles and you know the back and forth you know and you 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 hear it from the perspective of of the son and you know and 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 sitting in my seat you know i i was i was clay you know that that was that was my journey and you know now whenever i sit in this seat and i'm on so many of those the calls with the parents when they're weeping and I think that if I could have ever, because, um, you know, a lot like y'all's story and the explosiveness and the fighting and, you know, and some of that, then that's what, you know, because of, of where I was at in my life and, and just light and dark don't mix and, and, and just the frustration that I caused my dad and it's the blow up and I'm out and I'm believing this lie that, you know, nobody cares about me and I've got this hard life when in reality, you know, if I could have just caught a glimpse of his heart and what he was doing to to be able to fight for me and trying to do everything in his power to be able to save my life and just to know that there's always this, you know, this other perspective. You know, we just think about how many parents right now, you know, are, are literally watching this destruction unfold in front of them. And they're thinking, what in the world? Like, this is not like nobody's ever modeled this. Like you've never seen this. Like how, like how do we get here? You know, and then, you know, they're, they're, you know, they get on the front end of of this, or they get into treatment, and they just, you know, they're just like, gosh, like is there is there ever any any end to this thing? And so I've got Slate, and I've got Ginger, I've got Mom and Dad here. Their son Clay shared last week on on the podcast, and I'm just so excited to. To hear from y'all and Slade, if you would just kind of tell us through your eyes what it was like. Absolutely, um, I'm just it's just such a pleasure and a blessing to be here, and uh, thank you so much for inviting us. And as I listen to Clay, I used to tell them when they were little babies, Clay, Luke, and Rebecca, when they'd get a good grade or something, I'd tell them, "You got to be careful because my head will start swelling up, and I won't be able to get it through the door because because I, <laughs> I would be so proud of them." And so. It's just awesome, and I'm, I'm proud, and I'm so thankful for God's grace and His goodness. Uh, I sat at Recovery Church one night, and there was a gentleman from up north, and he hadn't seen his son in four years, him and his wife hadn't. And my heart just broke for him. Uh, I mean, it really did. I wanted to go grab him and hug him, and I shook his hand after it was over. Um, but I remember the hopelessness of the whole situation and the frustration of the whole situation, and I remember arguing with Clay about choices and about make, make wise decisions. And, and I, it took a realization over time in my life to understand that he had crossed the threshold. He was an addict now, and this was past, it, this was beyond his choice, his mm-hmm. personal choice. It was, uh, it was an addiction. And if, when you listen to Clay's testimony, um, you, you'll, you'll see a component in our family and, and let me back up and say this without turning this into a, a, a sermon. A measure of the Holy Spirit in a man and a woman's life is, is a level of freedom that they enjoy. I'm, I'm, I definitely believe that. And, and Clay, Jesus, Jesus gave us two bewares in the gospel. 
of leaven, two types of leaven. And then he gave us a, a one leaven that we can just cherish and revel and marvel in. And, and the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the world, Christ warned us specifically about those. And the leaven of the kingdom is something that we cherish and we go by the whole field because we found that treasure and we're like that little widow woman that dug through her whole house to find that one that one gold coin. I, I would say personally in my life where clay was captured by the leaven of Herod, the leaven of the world, the love of the world, I was definitely in love with religion. Wow. I definitely was. And it was a bondage. And I, I, I can thank God, and I do often, for the darkness of that situation because it's led my wife and I both to freedom from religion. And, and we enjoy a relationship now and honestly, it's so due to Clay, what he's taught us and what he's shown us. It's, it's put a love and an appreciation in both of our hearts to help people that are struggling with addiction. And we do that in our hometown in many different ways. And there is no judgment now for them. Uh, um, and it is because, as Clay mentioned, the grace and the goodness of our Father. And so I'll say this, I'm, I'm a, I mess up everything. When, when I look back at that situation, I can tell you from an earthly perspective that I wish I could do it all over again. I can tell you from a heavenly perspective that I'm so thankful I messed everything up because to that mama and that daddy that can look back and they can see the hopelessness and they can wonder, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I handle this that way? I fully believe the first beatitude says this, we are supremely blessed when we are spiritually broken, spiritually in poverty. And I can honestly say that no matter what I did, God used it for his glory and my good and my wife's good and my son's, my son's blessing and goodness. Our whole family has reaped the benefit of it. So many people in our community and in our circles have, 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 blessed, have been blessed because of what the world would see as a tragedy and a waste. I see it as a thing just to praise God for and just understand that he loves us and we are his sons and daughters and, he, and we do have freedom in Christ. So that, that's what I would tell a mom and a daddy today. No matter what you've done, no matter what you think you've done, wrong or right, the goal here is not your effort, it's your surrender. And, and that's something that we've learned through this experience. I think we both would say that. Wow, that's so strong. What, what's it like, though, when, when all of this stuff is, is, is unfolding, you know, and you, you had these ideas, right? I mean, you just you've raised this, this son who has, you know, hit his metrics, if you will, you know, has done well in school. He's done the, you know, crushed the SAT, you know, got into UGA, which I understand is not easy. I'm from Mississippi, but I hear it's not easy to get into UGA. And and he gets there, you know, and you're just, you know, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what those goals were, but I mean, I'm thinking something, you know, four years, probably grad school, you know, going to come back, you know, help, help run the business. And, and then, you know, like, like he said, you know, on, on his testimony is, you know, I mean, we never even heard of cocaine except for maybe on a movie or something like that. And, and then to find out, I mean, this thing is, is full blown. I mean, what, what was that like for you on the, on the front end of that? 
there, there was a component of complete ignorance on my part for a lot of this. Clay was a master at deception. What, what I found, honestly, when I was with Clay, in my heart was disdain. I hate to say that, and it, it, almost, it almost embarrasses me now. It, I never did not love him. I remember, I remember, Trey, the first time Clay left, I went to church on a Wednesday night, and I sat in the pew, and I cried like a baby because I didn't know where my boy was, and I didn't know what kind of shape he was in. I, didn't, I had no idea, and I just sat there and just wept by myself. And over a period of time when he would leave, I was almost thankful that's the honest truth. I, I don't want you to think, or Clay to think, that Ginger and I ever washed our hands of him. It was just like, if this is what we got to do, if this is what he's going to do, then I don't know what else to do anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I, can, I can say there, there were times when, if it hadn't been for Ginger, in her prayer closet, by herself praying, and I knew it, I don't know that I would have ever given up. I never would have completely given up. But but my wife sponsored my faith. My wife my wife emboldened my faith. And and I I can say this too. Praise God. I always knew the answer was Jesus. I always knew that was going to be the answer. If there was an answer, it wasn't going to come through our efforts. It was going to come through the hand of God. Even even in my religious stupor, even in even in a powerless, feckless upbringing that Clay's mentioned, of of religious uh, posturing, and the hypocrisy there, he's mentioned hypocrisy. He he wasn't any bigger hypocrite than his daddy ever was. Even even in that, I still knew because of the Holy Spirit that the answer was coming through Jesus. I always knew that, and so, like yeah, we we had some wild times. Um, Clay's mentioned Haiti. We went with our church. I'll just tell you this. And Clay and I were at odds, and he was going to go. My, my little wife was resolute that we were going. It was a miracle that we got to go. People had to back out. She ran up there and handed the preacher a check, and uh, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I had all this work to do. I had all this going on with Clay. I didn't know even know where Haiti was. And so he showed up at, on the, get on a church bus, a Baptist church bus, and he was, he, we always said stoned. I don't know if that's the right word, but he wasn't there. He wasn't in his right being. And he said he was going home. I said, that's the best thing for you to do, just go home. And I was very angry, and he came back. He came back, and we go to Port-au-Prince and get off. I've never been anywhere like that in my life, and it, it, it will literally blow your mind, just the smells, just, the, just things you see. It's just, it's just so dramatic. And we go to a little grocery store, and there's huge Haitian men standing there with pump shotguns out in front of this grocery store. And I'm from Georgia, and I go in there, you know, and I'm wondering, what are we even doing in here? And Ginger, Ginger said, she's real quiet, and she, she said, would you look at that? And there goes Clay through the line with a bunch of Baptists with a bottle of Haitian rum and a carton of Camel cigarettes, just like that, <laughs> just big as he can be. And I said, my goodness, this is going to be something. And so, so yeah, so, so we go to Haiti, and we're staying in this mission house, and Clay wouldn't even come inside. Clay would sleep on the roof. He would sleep on the roof. I called it the dark side of the moon. And, and one day, I always remember, I used to cry when I would tell this, one day, Clay... We looked up, it was the middle of the week, and Clay had his Bible out. 
and, and his feet were dangling. And I'd watched him playing in the dirt with these young Haitian boys. I'd watched him playing dominoes with, with, teenage, with teenagers his age, young men his age. And, and I, I'll always remember, I know God did something supernatural in my heart on that first trip. I met Ezra's. And it was just like just like a, an immediate connection. But even at that tray, I've never experienced this before, and I don't know if anyone else did, but I could honestly sense the vibration of the Holy Spirit as I walked in and out amongst those alleys. And, and I've never experienced that before in my life. I'd had moments, sure, where I'd, I felt like I felt the presence of God, but this would stay with me for hours throughout the day as we met those people. And God used that. Romans 8, 28 is my promise that all these things will work together for our good. And he used something broken, something irreparable, something that the world would condemn and judge. And from that, we've, we've uh, all the kingdom has grown, man, just like he says it will. The leaven will not stay in the pot, and it won't stay in the pot when we learn to surrender. And I, I honestly, I've said this earlier, I can praise him for these times. I can thank him for them. I couldn't imagine my life now without going through this with my oldest son. And I think about how he's impacted his, his little brother and his little sister. I think about how my wife and I have, if they've seen us come alive as the Spirit of God grows inside of us, and we're not, inward, we're not inward anymore. We're not hoarding money. We're not trying to do things to benefit our old age retirement. I'm not saying we're being stupid, but we're, we're using whatever God gives us as a tool and a resource for his kingdom. And that would never have happened without, without this experience with Clay. Wow. Amen. That's so powerful. So mom's here. Hey, Ginger. Hey. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Just thank you for the investment in, in our listeners, clients. And, you know, I know that these things so often, um, I mean, they, they impact, you know, everybody that's involved. I mean, what, what's it, what was it like from, mm. for your perspective? Goodness. You know, even just listening to Clay's story, you know, you know, we've lived it, and then hear him tell it. You look back and you think, well, "What did I do? <laughs> what did I do that made him feel, you know, that he didn't, um, he didn't see us love the Lord, or or we didn't?" Um, sometimes I may struggle a bit about the way I say this, but that we caused him to feel like he didn't measure up to our expectations, to the Lord's expectations. And so as a mom, you know, and I know there's a lot of moms out there, you're like, what could I have done? Um, this was my little boy <laughs> that I cherished, you know, and then he got older and you, 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 you try to, you try to um, help him to become a young man, you know, not be so mothery, you know, and let him stand on his own and, and those kind of things. But, um, Goodness, just uh, it it was it, this was the hardest thing I'd ever been through. I mean, I know other moms would be there, and you just there's just millions of tears cried. You know, um, growing up, gosh, you know, I did every class party that was ever done for all three of ours. I mean, just very involved mother, you know, soccer mom, um, gosh, in church, you know, I helped with the youth. Went we went on youth trips. I mean. I, in my thought, we were very involved in, in, um, in showing the way. But looking back now, I see that, you know, it seemed to be like more um, when you do well, we're pleased. And when you don't, we expect more of you, you know, and that kind of thing. So I can see how, you know, he, he would think that, that a relationship with God is just all about 
following his rules and and being good and doing your best and don't mess up and those kind of things. So, um, so at, but as we got into this, you know, Clay was our oldest, so he was our guinea pig. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> but, uh, um, so, but I remember the first time I realized he was on drugs, it was cocaine. And the first time I ever saw him high, you know, we had gone to Athens to, to get him because we knew something was going on. And he, and Slate goes in and, and he's in a, in a, in a bad place. And there's kids everywhere, Slate told me, kids everywhere, kids we knew, kids we didn't. And he comes out and, and I had never seen my son high, but there he was. And I, and it was a shock. And someone had introduced Clay to cocaine on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. You have it sitting in your lap, and what do you do? <laughs> I can remember all these arguments, all these arguments um, with him and him and his dad, and he didn't understand why, as parents, we couldn't just turn our back or look the other way and let him let him continue. You know, we had so many arguments about weed being something God made. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'd right. say, yeah, God made lines too, but you don't go up and hug them. That's right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, so hard times. I mean, hard. You don't know what to do. We didn't know what to do. You know. Um, Did he, you ever see anything? Sorry, on on the front okay. end. I mean, like you know, we we listen to Clay's story and a young man full of confidence that is about to get married, about to close on a house. And, you know, I mean, so just just dripping leadership and, you know, not looking at somebody that you would think would 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 follow anybody and not especially not some knucklehead that's, you know, doing dope. Was there a different clay that existed like in the adolescent years and anything that you, you know, kind of looked and thought, ah, this is looking a little wobbly or, you know, any, any signs like, you know, going off to college that, you know, that, that he hadn't solidified or. Well, I, I remember just the um, departure from the family unit. I remember that. I remember his lair upstairs, you know, and uh, that was where, when he was at home, we never saw yeah, him. Video games. Uh, yeah. And, and I thought, well, that's normal inclination for a, a young man. You know, that just seems to be what people do now. Um, I, I look back now, and I, I don't want to say I have a regret because I've had people in my business brag, or not brag, commend Clay for being a hard worker and being polite and being respectful. I, I At that time in my life, I was totally focused in a selfish way on what I wanted. And I'd bought a cattle farm and I was surveying and fencing and getting cattle and everything that goes along with it. And, and that, that was it, man, for me. And I, you know, it it breaks my heart for him. Uh, I missed some wonderful years with him and, and they were formative years and they were years that, that a young man needs his father and his mama couldn't do what his father could do. And even at that, I marvel at the goodness of God. I don't think I don't think Clay would say anything now, other than praise God. Mm-hmm. That's all the thing I think Clay would say because that's all we can say, and, and that is a fact. And, he, and my mama used to tell me this: when we go through bad times, and we all do it, it's a it's a proverb. It says, "The Lord will restore the years that the locust have eaten." Yes. Amen. And I and I see restoration, man, and I mm-hmm. see wholeness and completion, and. 
We wouldn't enjoy it all that today if we hadn't have gone through that, and if I hadn't have messed up everything, everything. I messed up everything and with my oldest son, and that's all I can tell you. And we, he and I have talked about it, and, and uh, it's, it's, I, I think it's great now, you know. So that's, that's the, the Lord restored what the locusts tried to eat. I know there's probably, like I said, moms out there, and they're, they're, they're you know, in the situation, and, and a lot of times you just feel overwhelmed and hopeless. And I can just remember um, praying prayers of fear, like, please don't let that happen, or, oh, God, please, you know, and, you know, standing on his promises, which is what we should do. But, gosh, when I look at our story now, you know what happened? Like I was just praying for God to put. That was one of my daily prayers. God, please put somebody godly in my son's life. And and then there was a young man in Haiti about my son's age, and he was an orphan. And his um, and he would rise up and climb a mountain and just lay on his face before the Lord, and ask for Him to intervene in his life. And so I'm, I'm over here in America, little young lady, you know crying out to the Lord for my son, please, I need somebody godly. And, and, and Ezra says over here, please, I need some intervention in my life. And God says, watch what I'm fixing to do. And I just can't even tell you the explosion. <laughs> uh, you know, this ministry in Haiti is all, I mean, God does it all. It's not us. He put it all together. Um, but, man, just I realize how big God is. And so to encourage moms, i like, go ahead and thank him in advance. Go ahead and just say, thank you, God. For my my son, your son, he was yours before he was ours. I remember we used to say that to Clay in the, in the moment. But um, just just take heart, you know. Do not do not give up praying, um, and just like I said, go ahead and thank him in advance and pray those things that you 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 see um, for your son or your daughter. You know who they are, their their true identity in Christ. Pray that way, you know. The prayers of fear, all that does is honor the honor Satan, what he's trying to do. So Wow. That is strong. Mm-hmm. That is so strong. And I, I just when when and when people that, that come to Good Landing and when they have just legit parents that love the Lord and are and are praying, I mean, that is always the, the ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the game changer. And and just you know that that power source and to see God move so and able to work together now and just yeah. just got to be you know unbelievable to to just see that as parents where um, I mean it's 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 the prodigal no doubt. you know son I mean you just you know and you just don't ever know how long that season's going to be or when God's promises are going to be fulfilled and then now to be in this and. You know, to be able to walk that out, it's just incredible. It's incredible just to sit here and listen to it and to see it and just want to keep you guys in, in front of front of our families and, and our, you know, and everybody that God has entrusted us with, you know, just as a reminder of, you know, this is what's possible, you know, that God really does restore in a way that just, you know, and, and you think about like the, and it's it's so good in the way that he does restore that it can, make you forget the pain of the past mm-hmm. in the sense of like we can intellectually you know like I mean obviously like it was there it was a season but you know I was just you know thinking recently that I mean I, I just you know I remember you know friends of mine that you know thought it was you know hilarious to make fun of me it, you know and I just was like how am I ever going to be able to you know come back out of this and now it's just 
that stuff has literally no impact on my life because of the way that God restores. So anyway, it's just incredible to hear y'all's story, and I appreciate it. Thank y'all. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.